everybody, welcome back to another episode of On The Mix. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today, whoa, what a crazy story I'm about to present to you right now. I'm sure every single one of you knows that song, call on me, call on me, and it's like, <laughs> repeats forever and ever and ever into the abyss, like forever. I'm sure everybody knows that song, right? However, you have no idea the layers and layers of stealing that happens in this story. This whole entire story just fell completely into my lap. I was not expecting this at all, but holy shiitake mushrooms, like this is madness. Get tucked into this one. Get yourself a snack, lay down, do whatever you got to do, get comfortable because holy shit, like this story is bananas. Okay, so I'm setting the precedent for the story. I'm sure everyone from like the early 2000s, right? I believe it was around 2004. Everyone on MTV saw the crazy sexual aerobic dance music video with all of those girls. And it's just call on me, call on me, call on me. Okay, like I'm not even pretending to even be remotely good at singing that, but I'm just setting the precedent, right? Everyone knows that. However, did you know that half of Daft Punk, Thomas Bongalte, he did it first and it was stolen from him? Yeah, that's the story today. So let's get back into it. Let's get back a couple of years before Eric Prids, okay? One, one of the shady motherfuckers in this story, Eric Prids, okay? One of the shady people in here. Let's take it back a couple of years. Thomas Bongalte, we all know him. He is one half of what will be Daft Punk. Everything that he touched turned to gold. Every single music aspiration he ever did, anything in the genre of house, electro, he w- it was like Midas gold. Everything he touched turned to literal gold, okay? So before he was in Daft Punk, he was part of a duo, another duo, with him and another member of the French house community back in the day called DJ Falcon. And the two of them, the duo between the two of them is known as Together, were pretty much just coming out with small little kind of indie French house music, nothing too extremely crazy. They weren't putting out albums and albums. They released two really popular songs called Together and So Much Love to Give. And Thomas Bangalte, he had his own record label called Roulet, and they would release their music through Bangalte's record label. So let's kind of set the tone, right? So this is France, okay? The time here is 2000, 2001, 2002. These two people are hot. They are ripping it up in the clubs. They are playing the hottest live sets you could ever imagine. Everyone is loving it. They are loving what they're doing. And they're both masters in their own respective rights at their own craft. So DJ Falcon, he particularly is known for his ability to pick samples and mix samples, right? That is an important precedent to this story of Call On Me. And of course, Thomas Mangalte, like everything he does is amazing as well. You know, they were kind of scoping out the scene in Paris and they were playing live DJ sets. 
And it was during one of these particular sets in 2002 where this version of Call on Me would appear for the very first time. And it came about from Bangalte and DJ Falcon. So that's very important to note because you had to have been there or you had to have known or been friends with Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon to have even known that their original composition of Call on Me was even out there, right? It wasn't mainstream. Everyone actually was telling them, you need to release this as an official single. I'm sure some of you are familiar with David Guetta. He also was another pioneer in the French house scene, the electronic scene. He still is very prevalent to this day in that genre. And he was friends with both Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon. And he was there when he heard their rendition of Call on Me, where they would take the sample of Steve Winwood's Valerie and make it extremely popular. And he would listen to it and he was like, Thomas, DJ Falcon, you have to release this as a single. Like, you cannot just sit on this. This is going to be your hottest record that you will ever release. Like, you, you just can't sleep on this. And he would, like, bombard them every time he would meet one of them to just, like, put it in their face yet again to be like, you are sitting on gold. You're sitting on so much money. You have to put this out now. But here's the thing about this, okay? Both Thomas and DJ Falcon did not want their rendition of Call on Me to be put out into the public in that kind of official way. They only wanted to use it specifically as a tool for their live shows. That's it. And not only that, but now we enter in enemy <laughs> number two in this story, and that's Ministry of Sound, okay? And Ministry of Sound is a record company. They're very cheesy. They're very sketchy. They were one of the record companies that pleaded and asked DJ Falcon and Thomas Bangalte to release the single officially. They were like, please, like, you you have to release this. Like, we want to release this. Can we have your permission? And both of them said no to Ministry of Sound. No, you cannot release this. We don't want to release it officially. That's the very important thing here. They did not want this to get out. They only wanted it to be in the specific niche, you know, little collective here that they wanted to keep it in. They didn't want it to blow up. They didn't want that. However, can you guess what Ministry of Sound did? Oh, I'm sure you can. Well, Ministry of Sound went about releasing it anyway, and they gave it to Eric Prids to release. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's fucked up, isn't it? A really funny story is eventually, okay, in 2004, when Eric Prids was to release his version of Call on Me, David Guetta was in France one day on his little, you know, moped scooter, and he was at a traffic light in Paris, and it was a red light, so... What do you do at a red light? You kind of like, you know, look around you until the time passes and, oh, hey, wow, it's Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon right next to me in the next lane on another scooter. Wow, how serendipitous. And so he's like, hey, guys, congrats on your record reaching number one in the UK. And they're like, huh? What do you mean? Huh? What? Like confusion times a thousand like, they were like, what are you talking about? Call on me was number one in the UK. What are you, huh? What do you mean? Just absolutely bonkers 
this whole story, but oh, it gets really deep. I'm telling you, the level of plagiarism and sabotage that's within this whole story is mind-blowing, okay? We are just barely scratching the surface of the tip of the iceberg that is Call On Me. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've listened to Call On Me and the various remixes of Call On Me to prepare myself for this so that I can tell you the information. My brain for the past probably week has been Call On Me. It's just, oh my god. So that's the basic setup here, okay, of Thomas Bangalte, half of Daft Punk with DJ Falcon, and they together created the original Call On Me, okay? There you go. So I guess I should explain briefly what their version sounds like because I unfortunately cannot put music in my podcast. Believe me, if I could, I would, and that would just elevate the podcast to a whole other level, but I unfortunately cannot do that. So it's on YouTube if you want to listen to it. It absolutely is, but I'm just going to tell you basically what it sounds like. So their version of Call On Me starts with the basic synth and kick drum, and then it follows a loop of the phrase me, like me, me, and then it comes in the main loop of the song that we all know where it goes, call on me, call on me, call on me. You know, it does the whole thing. And then they run a low pass filter over the song and then it snaps back in. That's basically their version of Call On Me, and then it obviously mixes into another song because it's a tool for their DJ live set, okay? So that is basically what their version of Call On Me sounds like, pretty much, okay? That's the blueprint. That is the blueprint for Call On Me, okay? Now let's get into kind of the um, bastardizations (laughs) of Call On Me. So I've already established to you that Eric Pritz is one of the bad guys in the story, Ministry of Sound is another enemy here. However, there's two more. There's two more enemies in the story, yes. So you have to understand that before Eric Prids released what we all know of today as Call On Me, and, and in between that time, the original that Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon created, in between that span of a couple of years, two main people under various aliases put out different remixes of Call On Me in that time. One of these people is called Retarded Funk, and another of these is called Red Cult. But Red Cult goes by various aliases. Another one is Space Dust. Okay, so Space Dust and Red Cult are the same person under various aliases. Retarded Funk is another separate thing, okay? So basically, I want to establish to you, Eric Prids, he puts out his version of Call On Me, awesome. He releases a 12-inch single of the song in 2004. So of course, when you release a 12-inch single, you put B-sides and you put remixes of the song on the release of the vinyl. It makes sense to do that. So there were two questionable remixes, okay, from Retarded Funk and Red Cult that appeared on this vinyl. So the first, one of the first remixes of Call On Me is from Retarded Funk and their version released in 2003. And then Red Cult, aka Space Dust, released their version of Call On Me a year later in 2004, again, before Eric Prids was to come out with his version. So what's going on here? What's really, really going on here? What is with all this sabotaging going on here? 
And you must be thinking to yourself, how did it come from a small little indie scene in France done by Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon? And then how did it get to all these remixes? And then how, how has there not been any lawsuits in between this whole thing? How did this even happen? Well, let me explain. So let's first start with the biggest offender in this whole story, the one man behind the aliases Red Cult and Space Dust. Okay, so I took a look at Discogs, and Discogs is a great source of information if you want to check out any kind of information on bands or releases, singles, whatever. Okay, so Red Cult only had two releases, okay? A song that they did called Miracle, which is separate to this whole story, and then their version of Call On Me. So who is this person, right? Who is Red Cult who also goes by Space Dust? Well, we have to see that there is an actual connection to this person and Thomas Bangalte. There is a direct correspondence here. These two people know each other. Thomas Bangalte, DJ Falcon, knows of this person, Red Cult Space Dust. Like I mentioned before, Thomas had his own record label called Roulet, which was founded in 1995. Under the Roulet label, a song called Music Sounds Better With You was released, and it was a massive hit. And Space Dust was the one to produce, if you will, that single that Thomas Bangalte also had a hand in creating. So there's the direct connection there between the two of them. Space Dust, aka Red Cult, okay, has a career. He has made his career out of stealing plagiarizing songs in the future and making them his own. The biggest example of this that I could tell you before he was to come out with his own version of Call On Me was a song that Thomas Bangalte composed called Gym Tonic, okay? He had this composition, and in the song Gym Tonic, it features some samples from Jane Fonda, who introduces some aerobic exercising. She's like, and one, and two, and three, and four, and do this, you know. The whole kind of thing back in the day with the whole gym exercising sampling was very popular. Um, so that was gym tonic, okay? So Thomas Bangalte gave this composition to Bob Sinclair. He didn't want the tune. He says, listen, Bob, if you can clear the sample for this Jane Fonda exercise routine, then you can absolutely have the song. I don't want it, and I don't want my name on this tune. Okay, I don't want it. I don't want my name on it. But if you can clear the sample, you can have it, and you can put it out. Well, guess what Bob Sinclair did? Do you think Bob Sinclair cleared the sample? Do you think Bob Sinclair did what Thomas asked him to do and not put his name on the record? Of course not. Bob Sinclair did not clear the sample and he put Thomas's name all over the whole record. Like, it is on there. You cannot escape that, okay? So, of course, Thomas is like, um, lawyering up. Thank you. You're served. Thanks. Okay. So, Thomas is very upset and he gets his lawyers involved to figure out this whole situation. Basically, Bob gets totally scrapped from Roulet. Any kind of work that he ever did on the Roulet label with Thomas Bangalte is removed. It's all scrapped. Well, Jane Fonda herself, yes, she gets involved in this and she's upset. She's like, um, my voice is on this record and I did not get the clearance for this sample. I'm going to sue you for $75,000. And yeah, that's what happens. So... Yay! Lawsuits upon lawsuits already. Well, you're thinking to yourself, where does Space Dust come involved in this whole thing? Well, Space Dust, again, he is on the Roulet label. 
He knows Thomas Bungalte. He knows the deal that's going on with Jim Tonic. So what does Space Dust do? Well, in the midst of the legal troubles that's happening here, like totally in the midst of everything, he on the side, thinking he's so smart, he ripped the song Jim Tonic and he released his own version called Jim and Tonic in 1998, okay? Well, you're thinking to yourself, there was a legal battle here with the sample, with Jane Fonda. So you're thinking, how did he get the clearance to use the sample in the tune? Well, come on, guys. You know this. You know this. He did not clear the sample. He actually went around the legal rigmarole and he instead found a female voice actress that kind of sounded like Jane Fonda. And he asked this woman to give the same aerobic instruction on his tune so that he could clear everything and he could put it out there officially as his own song and sweep everything under the rug as if this was his own tune and nothing was wrong. And guess what? Guess what, guys? This Space Dust version went to number one in the UK and it went to the top of the pops, if you can believe it. Okay, so this whole tune is a fucking lie. (laughs) There is nothing legitimate about that tune. He stole the song. He worked around the sampling and it went to number one. Like, of course it did. Like, absolutely. I expected like nothing less from this guy. Absolutely. So that's the person that we're dealing with here that's directly involved with Thomas Bungalte and the call on me debate. But like I said, he's made a career, a professional fucking over career of stealing and thinking that it's his own, right? Well, not only does he rip Thomas Bungalte directly with Jim and Tonic. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. And not only does he steal Thomas Bungalte again with Call On Me. No, 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 no. He releases an entire studio album called Hits and Pieces, and every single song on there is stolen from someone else. Literally. Like, that's a whole other episode to go into, but I just want to let you know this guy is not for real. (laughs) This guy is not fucking around. He is not for real. He is not a friend here. He is a total enemy and we shame him. Shame, 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 shame. Okay. However, this kind of went unnoticed, seemingly. Like, I don't know how no one really thought to put into question that album and say, hey, what's going on here? But hey, he got under the radar two times with Jim and Tonic in this album. Like, I just, I I don't know. It's, it's baffling to me, guys. I really don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Let's reel it on back to the main story. Call on me, okay? So I would actually assume because of the whole issue that he got himself into with stealing under the name Space Dust, I assume he created a new, a new alias to assume a new identity. I would, I would probably assume. So this is where years later, He uses the name Red Cult, and this is where he released his own version of Call On Me, okay? So again, he totally ripped the song from Thomas Bungalte and DJ Falcon's live set. His stolen version gets put on the official B-side of Eric Prydz's version. Like, this is the absolute worst layering upon layering effect that I've ever seen, okay? However, when you compare... Eric Prydz's version to his version to Thomas Bungalte's version, it's a little different. I will admit, it, it is a little bit different because of the fact alone 
that Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon's version of Call On Me was not officially released. There was no studio version that could be heard. You either had to hear it live or not. That was the only way that you could ever have known or, or you could have known Thomas personally. Those were the only two options. How does this guy come up with his version of Call On Me? Well, he has no source material to go off of. He does not have the song in a studio version to totally rip. So he has to think on the fly. It is a little different. I'm not going to lie. Like there are some slight differences in there. Like he does, he does sample another tune called Everybody, Everybody by Black Box. Um, and he also adds in kind of sloppily other lines in the Valerie song, not only just the call on me bit, but he adds different like other lines in there to kind of make it somewhat different. Um, those are really the main differences there. So I have to give him credit where credit is due. At least it's somewhat different. And he at least somewhat tried to make it somewhat original, but still, it's a ripoff on so many levels. And you know what's actually really, really funny about the Red Cult version of Call On Me? When Eric Prids was composing and coming together the different remixes to put on the vinyl release of his version of Call On Me, he not only puts Red Cult's original version on there, but he asks Red Cult to remix his own remix of Call On Me. So that's two layers deep of fucked up call on me. Just, I mean, my brain can't even process the absolute fuckery that's happening here. So Red Cult has two versions of call on me. It's just like unbelievable here. I just like absolute madness, okay? So that is basically Red Cult slash Space Dust, okay? That is that guy and his whole absolute fuckery that's happening there. So now let's move on to retarded funk. So, Retarded Funk, they are definitely kind of a somewhat enemy of this whole episode here, but they're not really the main ones that I'm putting a lot of negativity around because even though they did come out with their own version of Call On Me and it's a straight rip from Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon, it was definitely different. Um, the main difference here with Retarded Funk's version and all the other versions is you can really see if you hear it. And by the way, again, like all of these remixes that I mentioned, they're on YouTube if you want to listen to them. I obviously just can't put them in the episode. But you can absolutely hear that Eric Prids definitely took a lot of inspiration on how to compose his version from Retarded Funk's version. It basically is the same exact tune. It starts off with the fade-in, you know, the whole call on me fade-in, and then the main whole thing there. Like, it really genuinely sounds pretty much exactly the same. So, it's interesting. Um, the, the main difference, really, is that the call on me sample was played in a slightly higher register on Retarded Funk's version than the Prids version. And oh my God, there is a whole, there is a whole story in there about Eric Prids directly reaching out to Steve Winwood. And it's just like, wow. Not much to say on Retarded Funk, just the fact of the matter is that they were another key player in this whole thing. And of course, like I said, Retarded Funk's version of the song gets put onto the official vinyl release for Eric Prids's version. So now, Ho-ho, the man of the hour, Eric Prids, he is the one that comes out with Call On Me, and it is a massive hit all around the world. Well, and it's the only one that ever made it international. None of the other ones got any kind of major recognition. How did Eric Prids get the clearance to use the Steve Winwood Valerie sample in the first place, right? 
Well, strangely enough, he directly reached out to Steve Winwood, and not only did Steve Winwood approve for the sample to be used in the song, he was like, yeah, let's do it, but he completely re-recorded his vocals just for this remix. Yeah, absolutely, he did. It was actually quite a coincidence because at this time in 2004, Steve Winwood was actually remastering and re-recording a lot of his back catalog at the time. And so it was just honestly a perfect situation to where he was like, yeah, not only will I give you the approval to use the sample, but since I'm re-recording my back catalog and Valerie's in that back catalog, I will totally give you the okay to use my voice for this tune. So that's mainly why Eric Prydz's version of Call On Me, the whole sampling there, sounds a bit different than the other ones because they were, of course, using the OG version of Valerie, right, before Steve Winwood, like, re-recorded the whole back catalog. So therefore, it was a lot easier for Eric Prydz to get the okay to do this, right? And like I mentioned before in the beginning, Ministry of Sound was the mastermind behind releasing the Eric Prydz version of Call On Me. And again, like I said, Ministry of Sound directly reached out to Thomas Bangalte and DJ Falcon in the very beginning of this whole story and said, please, will you allow us to release the official version? And they said, no, Ministry of Sound, you can fuck right off. We don't want you. And so like some kind of, I don't know, 17-year-old alpha revenge <laughs> against an ex or something like that, they were like, oh, well, I'll spite you and I'll get Eric Pritz, this no-name DJ over here, to release the song anyway. And we got Steve Winwood himself to totally redo the song Valerie for us so that we can, again, go about the whole legal rigmarole of trying to get clearance for the sample. So, there you go. Weirdly enough, Steve said that he actually liked the song that Eric did, and he thought Eric did a good job. He said it's not exactly his cup of tea, but he liked what he did technically with the song, which is why he agreed to work with him a little bit. So strange, like really strange. I mean, you wouldn't think that he would be okay because it's been done so many times before, bootlegged and remixed and things like that and stolen a million times, but he was like, okay with it. So weird. With these new vocals that Steve Winwood had, and he gave them, with that in their back pocket, Eric Pritz and Ministry of Sound went to a company called Replay Heaven. And Replay Heaven is a music production company whose sole purpose is to recreate soundalikes of already existing songs and making them identical. So this is the company that Steve Winwood used to re-record his entire back catalog. And uh, their version of the song, yeah, it sounds very identical to the OG version of Valerie. That is specifically the sample that Eric Prydz used for A Call On Me. And everything is a wash from there. We know what happened there. It became one of the biggest tunes of probably the 2000s as a whole. Easily, absolutely. Coupled with the fact that the music video was so obscene and so crazy that it also made a name for itself in its own right. Now, let's get into Call On Me, because again, who do you think was behind that whole thing coming out? Ministry of Sound. Mm-hmm, that's correct, okay? So, Ministry of Sound really had no, um, shame. They had no shame. They had no class, no nothing. 
they were like, how can we make this total ripoff of a song so much more memorable? Let's make probably one of the most sexualized music videos of all time in aerobic class featuring scantily clad women wearing 1980s styled gym outfits and, you know, doing all the stuff that they do in there. <laughs> Let's just call it like it is, okay? So, the video was filmed in London, actually, and it imitates a scene from a 1985 film called Perfect, and that film starred John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know what to make of that movie. I've seen plenty of clips of that film. I don't really know how I feel about it, because you wouldn't think Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta go together, really, that that would be, like, the couple. But that's the inspiration for the music video. So this is actually a really funny kind of haha laughing moment to kind of bring us back into the hilarity of this situation for just a minute here. So when this music video drops, in late 2004, Tony Blair was being interviewed by Chris Evans for UK Radio Aid, and... Tony Blair said, the first time that the music video came on, he was at the gym, and upon seeing these scantily clad ladies <laughs> doing what they did in the video, he said he nearly fell off his rowing machine. So it was totally captivating the old dudes across the country. No one could look away from the video, okay? Nobody Tony Blair was totally captivated by these ladies, and haha, I guess that was the aim of the video, just to make it as obscene and stupid as possible. Vice Media would go on to call the video the sexiest music video of all time. And in fact, there are two versions of the video. Yes, I'm probably sure maybe some of you didn't know that, but it's true. There is a PG version and a special late-night version of the video. Wow, craziness, isn't it? The video was the highest downloaded music video of the time in Australia, and it downloaded over 35,000 times through three mobile phones with 3G technology in association with the Rage Music television show. So, essentially, people were downloading this video on their mobile phones at the time with this company, 3Mobile, okay? Using 3G technology. Seems very ancient to us now with our iPhones and stuff, but that was also another planned um, layer of this here, a planned scheme with Ministry and a direct collaboration with that mobile phone company. So due to the popularity and high demand for the video, an actual feature length aerobic DVD was later released. Like this was a whole series featuring these dancers from the video and this was called Pump It Up, the ultimate dance workout. Yeah, it featured the same ladies. So Ministry was totally milking every second of this whole entire thing. Funny enough, uh, the video itself was ranked number five in NME's 50 worst music videos ever. And there you go. <laughs> I don't know what to really make about that. Like Vice Media was like, this is the sexiest music video of all time. And NME is like, this is the worst thing that I've ever seen in my absolute life. So make of that what you will, to be honest. We've kind of come to the end here, but what happened to Eric Prids after Call On Me? Well, he simply could not follow up to Call On Me ever because it was not his song. It was simply not his song and he could not follow it up. And he tried many, 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 many times to come out with another 
massive number one tune of his own that could somewhat beat Call On Me. However, that could never happen. As a matter of fact, whenever he would go out and do DJ sets, the fans were screaming, Call On Me! Call On Me! and throwing beer at him on one famous occasion on stage. Like, it haunted Eric Prids to this day. And he has tried desperately to get away and distance himself from the song as much as possible. He said in one interview that it should stay in 2004 where it belongs. So, fair enough. However, listen, okay? That's kind of like karma. You know, it's like, this This is what you get when you try and steal and plagiarize and copy someone else's hard work. And then you go and you do this, and you work with Ministry of Sound, one of the worst record companies probably ever, that milked it for every single cent. And you try desperately to have your own career, and it doesn't work. That, in a nutshell, is... The Call On Me fiasco, I'm sure none of you probably could have even imagined that that tune had such a rich history of thievery and trickery and these crazy guys totally blatantly stealing the song directly from Thomas Bungalte and DJ Falcon and saying, this song is a hit, let me remix this song, let me do this. But you know what's also karma? Red Cult's versions and Retarded Funk's versions and all the other versions in between never got any success. Eric Prids did, though. Even though Eric Prids got the success he wanted, he could never live up to the hype. He never could. So it haunted him, and it continues to haunt him. So there you go. That's what you get. I think the moral of the story is be original. You can be, of course, inspired by all of these other people, right? But be original. Do your own work. Because plagiarism is no joke. And again, let's just completely thank Thomas Bungalte and DJ Falcon for being the utmost gracious and awesome of people. Because of course, Thomas Bungalte went on to have one of the most successful French house electronic music careers with Daft Punk. So even though their song got totally ripped from them by so many of these sketchy people and their tune went to number one on Eric Prids's account, Dev Punk did so much better. And Thomas Bungalte is beloved by everybody. So again, the scales of justice to weigh out there. Karma played in that way too, and, they, and it gave Thomas good karma. There's bad karma with all the other people. Let's just say that. So oh, that in a nutshell is the story of Call On Me and the complete and utter fuckery that happened in the middle of all this stuff. So again, like I mentioned, if you're curious to hear these other remixes, they're on YouTube if you want to go and listen to them. I wish I could play them on the podcast. That would be great, but I can't. Um, So please, you know, go ahead and check it out for yourself. Again, this was kind of thrown into my lap. I was not expecting this story to even remotely happen, but I was so captivated and blown away by the layers of sabotage here that I I had to talk about it. So, oh God, I feel like I got a massive weight off of my chest from doing that. So I hope you guys enjoyed and that you learned something today that you hadn't known about before. I will see you guys next week with another episode of On The Mix. Have a great rest of your week and a great day. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.